0: Welcome back to Blair and Barker. Shohei Ohtani, Aww. man, keeps on giving. Saw him do that though. The one hit, uh, grabbed his shot in game the one, two homers in game two of the doubleheader. But he grabbed his ribs, as Mister Barker pointed out on the second, running to first base. I mean, it's all going to be about Shohei Ohtani, well, uh, it be. folks. The even though, even though the uh, the trade deadline is uh, August first, and the and the, Ange- the angels have said they're not going to trade. Shohei Otani, and they've, in fact, gone out and added a couple of pitchers to bolster their ranks. They're getting Mike Trout back. It's uh, They're putting themselves in the position where they they are going to be the story, man. The
1: Angels are going to be the story.
0: Mike Trout comes back. They got Shohei Otani. You know what's going to happen? Everybody in baseball, the Angels are going to be everybody's second favorite team. You're a Jays fan. Angels are going to – Well, maybe not because they've got a shot at the wild card spot. But a lot of people are going to be cheering for Trout and Otani to get a shot in the postseason. They are, man. They are. Shohei Otani. People people treat Shohei Otani. They treat treat Shohei Otani differently. The only reason I'm stumbling here, Michael Stefanik is pinch hitting for Shohei Otani. That just moved. Uh, Jeff Fletcher, who covers the Angels, said that uh, Shohei Otani's been removed for a pitch hit pinch hitter. Uh after appearing to injure him, him, injure himself in the second home run of the game, unless they're taking him out because they've just pulled off the greatest fake of all time and they're trading him to the Baltimore Orioles. I'm just saying, put it this way: if 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 this is if the Angels hadn't said anything to anybody and Shohei Otani came out of this game right now, you know what people would be putting two and two together? They'd be putting two and two together and saying, oh, my God, they took him out of the game. He's going to be traded. Anyhow.
1: Unless you were watching the game and saw him grab his rib. He did. Uh, I mean, he hit it to the moon. Like, the where he hits balls. The first homer was to dead left field. He's a <laughs> left-handed hitter. And then he went to right center in Detroit. It's Like, it's crazy. uh, Thank you. You just mentioned it. And in Detroit. Yeah. It's a graveyard there. Like, it is crazy. Like, it's it's crazy. He goes nine innings. He has two homers the next game. In the same day. (laughs) That's remarkable. We've never seen anything like that. No, we never will. We'll probably never see it again.
0: We never will. No. We never will. There are a whole bunch of teams in baseball right now that are just going, oh, my God. (sighs) Mike Trout comes
1: back healthy. They still have some issues. Um, yeah, their pitching still not real good. No. And I'm not sure Lucas Giolito is the is the answer and Lopez at the back end of your pen cuz sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 with you. I mean, he's got great velo. The the one thing I'll say about Lucas Giolito is if you buy into the Alex Anthopoulos theory and Perry Manassian Manassian worked for Alex Anthopoulos, You'll look at what the dude has done recently. And Lucas Giolito has been a better pitcher in the past seven games or so. You don't
1: want a project. You want to hit the ground running. The Angels got enough projects on the pitching side.
0: Yeah, they do. Boy, let's bring in Ryan Dempster, former MLB pitcher, co-host of Intentional Talk on the MLB Network. Mr. Dempster, thank you for joining us. I presume you just saw this. We are actually watching. We had you up on the screen here flipped over, uh, I guess at the top of the hour, we saw Shohei Ohtani hit his second home run of the game and act like he pulled something on his side and then, of course, we find out he's been taken out for a pinch hitter. It's going to be the it's the summer of Shohei regardless, isn't it? It it just is.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean just, you know, who who does this, right? Like who throws a one hitter in the game one and then goes out game two and hits two home runs? So this guy is He's special. He's a generational talent. Um, you know, something we see once in a century. Um, I think it'll be the new measuring stick as to what people are trying to accomplish. You know, something that we thought was un- unreasonable, unfathomable before that somebody could do both and be super successful at it. And, and he's living up to it. I hope he's all right because I don't want to see Shohei Otani miss any games.
1: Uh, it's just awesome absolutely lucas giolito obviously just got traded to the angels and and i want to ask you because you're around baseball forever and and you were a pitcher and you were doing it on some good teams this time of the year when you're traded from a bad team to a good team expectations are through the roof you're expected to come there and never fail like that's just facts we gave up some prospects for you don't come here and stink right i how do you get through that like is as a Baseball player, forget about being just a pitcher, but a baseball player. You could be in the pen, you could be an offensive player, you could be a starter. How do you get through that part of it to not think about it as much? Yeah, I think I think a little
2: bit of both. I think if you deny yourself thinking about it, then you just open the door up for things to creep in your head. And because it is, Mark, like you get traded, like everything's normal, right, on your team. Like, I remember getting traded to the Rangers in 2012. It was a big deal. I was having a tremendous first half. There was a lot of hubbub. I was probably the pitcher on the market that, it, that teams were wanting. And and every fifth day, I'm making my start. Nothing's changed. The, the articles aren't changing. The questions aren't changing. Everything's comfortable. I'm comfortable in my locker room. I'm comfortable with my teammates. The city knows what I'm doing. The fan base knows what I'm doing. Now you get traded in this big move that is going to set you over the top, right? It's going to, you're going to be the play that takes everybody to the promised land. And so there is this sometimes internal pressure that takes over and you got to figure out a way, whether that's talking through it with somebody, you know, a coach, a a teammate, and also a little bit of acceptance and and self-talk of like, Hey, I'm just supposed to do my job. That's why I got traded over here. Continue to try and just do my job, make pitches, execute pitches, um, you know, for Lucas, he comes, out, he goes out to California where he's from. There's going to be the family pressures and things like that. The best thing that can happen is you get, you know, you get a good start under your belt. I remember I got trade over. I got rocked by Anaheim, had a decent start. Go to in Boston, have a decent start. I go to fin, uh, Yankee Stadium, I get rocked again. And then all of a sudden I just settled in and started to pitch well. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, hard at first because you know those expectations. Well, oh, don't listen to the noise. Cool, my opening press conference is going to be all about that the next day and the next day, and it's going to be this thing that lasts for a little bit. So I think just having conversations and just trying to work through the mental side of it because physically you know what to do. How do you not put too much pressure on yourself and just go out there and play the game that you're capable of dominating?
0: You know, Kevin and I were talking about a conversation we had Alec with Alex Anthopoulos earlier uh, this year, and we had talked about the moves he made at the deadline a couple of years ago. When 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 you know all those moves paid off, and they, they ended up winning the World Series. And one of the things he pointed out is he was a real believer in acquiring guys who are on the upswing, and he wasn't talking about necessarily about their career path. Right? He was talking about if I've got to choose between Player A and Player B. And player A is on a two-week heater or something like that. I'm probably, you know, all things are equal. I'm going to go with the guy on the heater. Now, we're, I'm paraphrasing him there, but again, you've been in clubhouses. Is there that? That is a thing, isn't it? Like when you bring a new guy in, you don't want a project. You want to see this guy come in and hit the ground running and contribute right away.
2: <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I, I've talked a lot about it, especially on unintentional talk the last week or so, just about. Those trades, those trades that he did make. Because, listen, we all want the superstar, right? We all want the ace on our team. But like a lot of teams are already loaded with those players, and sometimes it's it's the other pieces that that are lacking that that we forget about the, the fourth outfielder, the backup infielder, the the second baseman is not quite producing. So you get a guy who's solid, and you know day in day out what he's going to do, and you get that guy like you said on a hot streak, and he's swinging the bat well. Well, now all of a sudden it takes a little pressure off your studs they don't need to feel like they need to carry the load as you go down the stretch and just good things start to happen and that's what happened in Atlanta and and it, it isn't always the big impact player that sets you over the top does it happen for sure we saw what happened you know when the Dodgers traded for Manny in 08 and he sent them to the you know to the almost to the promised land like that's what can happen but a lot of times it's the little pieces that you get You know, even like when we won in 2013 with the Red Sox, we got Jake Peavy. Was he the Cy Young Award-winning Jake Peavy of old? No, but he was still really darn good. And Matt Thornton. You know, Matt Thornton was a left-handed reliever who was throwing the ball great. And we lost Andrew Miller. So, like, that's all we got. And and then we brought up Quinton Berry, a a base stealer. Like, these are the little things that like as you get closer and closer, how do we win the close ball games against teams that are better and better? Because as it dwindles down, every team's good. When you get to the playoffs, they're all good. And then you go past the first round, they're even better. So how do you just distinguish yourself from the other teams? So yeah, getting guys when they're hot, whether that's a pitcher or a reliever who's throwing the ball really well. Yeah, you look at his numbers. Like I look at Lance Lynn right now. He's available on the market. He's got a 6.5 ERA. Do I want that? No, but you look at what he's been doing his last few times out and last couple months, a little bit better. He's got 144 strikeouts, you know, and 120 innings pitch. The stuff's there. So, like, those are the kind, of, the, the kind of diamonds in a rough you can find. Anybody can try and go out and trade for, you know, Shohei if he would have been available. Obviously, the Angels take him off the market. But those little pieces, he couldn't be more right with that. Get guys on the hot streak, and you'll learn – Learn real quick, you can win a lot of ball games with those guys. What do you
1: think the Cubs do?
2: I think they, I think they buy. I think, you know, this is a big series this weekend. Obviously, if you can win two of three and be, finish that series against the, the Cardinals um, 500, and, you know, four games out of a wild card, five or six out of first place, with two months to go, knowing that you're starting to play your best ball. Hey, let's go! Like Jamison Tyon's throwing the ball better. Justin Steele's an all-star. Strode struggled a little bit, you know, the last month or so, last five or six starts, but he still has it in him. I think they'd be buyers for possibly some bullpen help, which they need. Um, but I, I think offensively, they're they're a juggernaut right now, where they're starting to score a lot of runs. So yeah, I don't I don't think they're sellers. Why would you be? You're the Chicago Cubs. You're you're a, a top market team. If you're proving that you're going out to win after the All Star break, like they have been, then give the boys what they need to go out there and try and. Get, get into the playoffs
0: how do you view the blue jays i mean their wild card team right now you know we've kind of been laughing Great about question. this it seems like uh, and, and dan shillman made this point in the on the telecast yesterday it seems like this year has been really disappointing hmm. but you know what they've actually they've been one of the better teams in hmm. baseball in the past five weeks or so and you know it's not they're not they're not in the last place but it just if you asked 100 jays fans has the year been a disappointment or gone the way you thought it would be? I guarantee you 90 people, ninety of 100 are going, now it's been disappointing.
2: Yeah, and you wonder, had the Rays not got off to the start they got off, would people be saying that? You know, sometimes we, we look at the standings and we don't look at the win-loss record. We just look at how many games back or things like that. Whit Merrifield, if we had him on a, on intentional talk at the All-Star game down on the field, and he said, he's like, we haven't played our best baseball yet, and we're nine games over 500. So, like, this team is good, um, and I don't think that th- – I think they're just – I mean, they've done a great job playing against the Dodgers, um, showing that they're as good as anybody in baseball. I think offensively, I wouldn't want to face them. Uh, you know, you just look at their lineup. It's just a matter of, you know, pitching-wise, that, that, that relief getting the ball to Romano at the back end of the bullpen. Um, but I think, you know, there's a team that can acquire – you go get another front-line starting pitcher and you go – you know, Gossman with, him. like, you start to get yourself in a place that you could p- potentially win this division. This division is not out of reach. They're fighting the Baltimore Orioles. The Tampa Bay Rays are in a tailspin. Whatever's happening there right now, I don't know what's gone on. You look at it ever since the Wander Franco stuff, mm-hmm. it has not been pretty. They're not playing good baseball. And the two best teams in that division right now are the Baltimore Orioles and the Toronto Blue Jays and the, and the Boston Red Sox, all three teams. Those are the three best teams in that division. They've been playing like it the last month. And, and I think that, you know, Blue Jays could get on a run and really, really show everybody that their talent can match up the actual production out on the field.
1: Uh, Deb, the, the Blue Jays have a little a, a little bit of a, a challenge with runners in scoring position. Well, when do we on the outside just start saying that that, that that's who they are? Like that's not going to change. Like it is occasionally they're going to get the big hit, but for the most part it's going to be three for 13 with runners in scoring position. What part of the season do you think we should start saying that's who
2: they are. Yeah. I mean, you don't have much time left to change those numbers. Yeah. Right? Um, and it, and it's weird how it works that way. I, I remember there was a Cubs team a couple years ago. It was like batting with nobody on money, no runners in scoring position. I think as a team, they were hitting, it was like 280. But then the minute people got in scoring position, they were like right around 200. And it was just it was constant disappointment and it's frustrating because you look at the lineup and you look at the run driving inability of those players and the track record of those players. And, and what happens? Do you guys start to try to do too much? Do they, they try to do a little less and the next thing you know, they're not putting a good swing on the ball or, Oh, let me just take a picture. I don't want to be too aggressive. Fastball down the middle. <laughs> okay. I gotta be, let me, you know, like, you know how it goes, Bart, you get in those modes is, you, you watch it as teammate, you know, I didn't do it as a hitter, but I watched it as teammates. Like, it seemed like a guy would be like, want to be patient and, he, and then it would be right down the middle. And then they'd be like, okay, I'm going to be aggressive. And they're swinging a breaking ball to bounce from the dirt. So you just got to find a way to just dig down deep and change that narrative. You know, they all know what's going on there. The guys in the batter's box know what's going on. So you just got to figure out a way approach wise to just start driving those runs in because you can't be a team that struggles with runners in scoring position and consistently win in the big leagues and you for sure can't do it in the playoffs i know the home run that's where it's all about but that also comes with runners in scoring position when you hit the three-run homer those are going to win the games for you yeah
0: you mentioned the uh the cubs and cardinals this weekend uh interesting little item just when we came in the air uh there are reports that the dodgers and and cardinals are talking about a deal that would see uh uh, uh, one of their pitchers, either Jack Flaherty and J- or Jordan Montgomery and possibly Nolan Arenado go to the Dodgers. Now, Arenado has apparently indicated he would waive his no-trade clause to go to L.A., which is, probably doesn't qualify as a news flash. But, look, uh, I mean, the Cardinals have been really disappointing. There's clearly something wrong within that clubhouse-slash-organization. But, Ryan, I, I, I mean, I, trading Nolan Arenado uh to a team within your league. I know they're not in the same di- division, but they're in the same league. I, I I mean there are a couple of things I don't do if I'm the Cardinals. That's one of
2: them. I do I, I he's one of my favorite players in the game. I don't know. I don't I don't understand why you get rid of him. But that being said, the Cardinals are a middle market team as far as finances, right? Yeah. Overstretch to sign, you know, to sit there and sign Arenado and to sign Paul Goldschmidt and you start to say where can we get some value back because Jordan Walker was a third baseman. They moved to the outfield for that. So maybe you put Walker over there and you allow some development. The Cardinals have always been a franchise that it was never about one player. Um, it was always about their system and the, the way they went about it. So I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that happens. I just, I don't give up on Nolan Arenado. I love watching him play too much on both sides of the ball. He's an elite defender. He drives in runs a hundred every single year. He hits thirty and a hundred, close to three hundred. He's he's as good as you're gonna find. So I can understand trading the pitchers. Like if you can't sign Jack Jack Flaherty to a long term deal or an extension, Jordan Montgomery makes sense, obviously. But yeah, I just I personally don't trade Nolan Arenado, but I also understand how the business works and whoever if he does become available, whoever gets him is getting as good as you're going to get, as far as teammate, player, all the way around.
1: Uh, the Padres are five games under 500. They're six and a half out of the wild card spot. What do you think they should do?
2: I, I, I liken their team to like something like the Braves had a couple years ago. I mean, the Braves were under 500 going into August. They made those trades that we were talking about, mm-hmm. and, and it just disrupted something that was going wrong and turned it into something right. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if it's too many "quote unquote" superstars. Yeah. Um. Not enough fire. I, I don't know. I'm not there. I can't. I just guess from the outside. Why is it not working? You have Blake Snell who's leading Major League Baseball in ERA. Joe Musgrove has been throwing the ball as good as anybody across the board in the last mm-hmm. two months. You mm-hmm. Darvish has had his little struggles, but you got Josh Hader who has a sub one, by Ooh. the way, ERA. Imagine the Blue Jays landed somebody I'm like Josh Hader. <laughs> you, have, you have Romano Hader. Good luck. That's like the that's Lou Piniella's nasty boys right there back yeah. in the day in the 90s. So, yeah, I just think, like, I don't know what it is. I, I It's not a big piece. You got the big pieces. You got Manny Machado. You got Xander Bogarts. You got Juan Soto. You got Fernando Tatis Jr. You don't need Salvador Perez to come be a thump. You got it. It's in the locker room. How do you get the most out of it? And sometimes those are those little middle-of-the-line pieces that – kind of just work out so it's it's been a juggernaut down there as to why they can't get it going nobody can seem to figure it out including them so yeah i'll be surprised to see if they're buyers at the break but maybe they will be because they obviously believe in themselves and believe they can still turn it around
0: ryan we're gonna let you scoot man thanks for doing this really appreciate it yeah it's wonderful thank you
2: Always, guys. Love being with you, man. Have a great day. You Thank too. You. Thanks. Ryan
0: Dampster, former MLB pitcher, co-host of Intentional Talk and MLB Network. And uh, one of our favorites, Ryan, literally just got off the air Yeah, on it's the wonderful. MLB Network. It's wonderful stuff.
1: The, 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 the answer that he gave of those first couple of starts, those first couple of, of at-bats, mm-hmm. those first couple of outings, when you're expected to, quite frankly, carry a team – that's why they're bringing you there. Like when you have a big name and you're doing really well and that team that you're going to has expectations and they're not living up to par, that's the reason why they brought you in there is to do that. I think that's intriguing. Like I, I want to see how the Jalilo thing goes, right? It's the change. Are you overthrowing it? Is your change up too hard? Are you falling behind in counts? Are you giving up homers because your location's bad? Because you're trying too hard. I think that's a thing. I'd be interested in see how the big-name guys, like, like an Arenado, would go to the Dodgers. That's a big deal. That's not the Cardinals. No. That's the Dodgers. Yeah. There's a big difference. That'd be intriguing to see that. Uh, really interesting. Something we haven't talked about
0: a great deal, but the Tampa Bay Rays, Ryan Dempster making the point that something isn't right in Tampa that it hasn't been since the Wander Franco situation. For those of you who don't realize, Wander Franco was benched for a couple of games by Kevin Cash because of his attitude. We had heard when the Jays were there that Wander Franco and Randy Rosarena mm, don't like each other. Don't like each other. It's real simple. Uh, which, you know, oh. I, I, I mean, the because other hand. It's till you
1: put 26 guys in a room. Bingo. You're, you're gonna, not going to like each you're gonna other You're going to find guys who don't like
0: Absolutely. each other. Absolutely. But here's the thing: since that benching, when he was benched, they were twenty six games over five hundred, fifty two and twenty six. Since that benching, they're seven games under five hundred. Now they're still sixty two and forty three. So let's not, yeah, let's not start, you know, lighting candles for the Rays. Sure. But Kevin, there's seven a team that was okay twenty six games over five hundred. Seven games under five hundred in that time.
1: Okay, there's a couple of reasons for me. I think the Orioles are a really good team. Correct. I think when you hear footsteps, you tend to try harder. You're you're gripping the bat tighter. You're overthrowing. Well, all of a sudden, now you know Your you're, not, you're not. You're not the little team that could it.
0: anymore. Everybody, everybody's
1: you're, looking at the the Orioles are the cock of the walk. You're, They're the flavor of the month. You're, you're, you're not. You're overdoing everything. And I think beginning of the year they had an easy schedule. Now they don't. They're playing better teams better teams make you do a lot of things you don't want to do which is chase which is take the extra base which is be perfect on tag ups which is not run like you're in little league it's the little things and if you don't do everything right you get beat you can do those things and mess up against bad teams the mm-hmm. kansas cities of the world oaklands of the world but you do those against the texases and the you know the orioles of the world you're going to get beat and I think that's that's sort of what's happening here. This is why baseball is the best. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Like you, you can never really take serious what teams do at the beginning of the season. Most of the time, most of the time, because it's a marathon, and and everybody's looking up at you and trying to, you know, their khakis are trying to figure out how to beat your khakis and figure out how to gain ground and. It's only human nature that occasionally you're going to go through some slumps. You're going to have some bad games, you know, and then you tend to try too hard. And so it's a combination of a bunch of things. Oh, by the way, the American League East is really good. Don't forget that either.
0: Just uh rewatching on TV as you were talking. Not that I wasn't paying attention, but mm. I was rewatching the Shohei Otani swing. Yeah. It looks even worse when you see it the second time because he grabs his side after he swung. It's not when he swings. It's after he swung. And starts to run. He grabs the side. Now, so.
1: remember, Kevin Gosman went through the same thing, yes, right? Yes, he did. It's this time of the year. It's If you're covering first, just one little tweak of rotations is a big deal, right? Yeah. That was his left side that's the opposite side that he would be hitting on. So you're thinking about your right side because you're left-handed when you're hitting. You're thinking about your left side because you're a right-handed and, thrower when you're pitching. It's different for just, both sides, right? You're using both sides. Just so we can that's, remind that's you a, what
0: we're talking about. Yeah. Shohei Otani in game one of a doubleheader. It's why he won't be pitching against the Jays. Wouldn't that be something that Shohei Otani misses games against the Jays because of a side injury? Do you want to see that? I don't want to see that. Not this time Anyhow, of year. Shohei Otani... Pitched a complete game one hitter in game one of the doubleheader. Hit two home runs in game two of the doubleheader. And on the second home run, grabbed his side as he started running towards first base. He's been taken out of the game for a pinch hitter. Obviously, there's no uh, there's no update. But uh, the Angels won the first game 6-0. They're pounding the uh, Detroit Tigers 7-2. And Hunter Renfro, who Mr. Barker and myself Whoa. kind of... Thought would profile oh. pretty nicely in the middle of the Jays lineup. Hunter Renfro just Renfro just went yard for the Angels. But again, if the Angels are busy accumulating who would you players, rather,
1: who would you rather get in the at bats in September, Hunter or Dalton? Mm-hmm. Don't ask How about Hunter or Belt. Uh, Belt doesn't bother me. Like you, it doesn't bother me. I'm just in, he's in the order for one thing. Get on base for Vladdy.
0: Uh, we've been giving you a chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast and a reminder, if you are listening on our podcast or via podcast, please leave a uh, lovely review and rating. It is the right thing to do and it'll make you feel better. Uh, Trust me in that. All you have to do to get these tickets is, Text the correct answer to our daily trivia question. Text it to to 59590. Tell me what to do. (laughs) Uh, This is your chance to win tickets to see, and you know you want to see this, the Jays and Orioles down at the Rogers Center on July 31st. That's before the trade deadline. I mean, maybe Marcus Stroman isn't making the start on that day. Anyhow. uh, In 1971. Oh, this is our... Okay, this was our previous question. I got that. In 1971, the Mets traded Nolan Ryan to the California Angels. Which future Blue Jays manager did they get in return? They got Jim Fergosi in return. All right, this is for the Orioles tickets. On August 9th, 2014, this player hit a home run in Baltimore's 10-3 win over the St. Louis Cardinals. Making him the first Orioles catcher to homer in five consecutive games. Again... On August 9, 2014, this player hit a home run in Baltimore's 10-3 win over the St. Louis Cardinals. That made him the first Orioles catcher to homer in five consecutive games. And by God, the Orioles have had some real good catchers. And this guy. Text the answer to 590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. You know who it is? Absolutely. Would you have known Jim Fergosi? Not really, nine I knew uh, James Fergosi, Jim Fergosi was a really good player, huh um anyhow, so there you go all right, uh, if you followed the news at all, you know that our friends in uh, nova scotia uh have been uh absolutely deluged deluged, they've been experiencing an inordinate amount of rain, and uh there's lots of flooding. In the area, uh, the flooding has cost lives and it's also done a lot of damage to baseball fields in the area at a time of the year where kids are, kids are playing baseball. This yeah. is baseball season. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you know anything about minor baseball in Canada, it's, uh, well, minor sports in general. It costs a lot to make it run. And yeah, you rely on volunteers, but there are still costs associated with it. Um, and uh, as a result of the flooding, there are several communities in Nova Scotia that, well, there won't be any baseball for the kids this year unless, uh, you know, unless a few folks step up. And uh, in addition to the, you know, the usual volunteers, uh, Ken Lanahan is a longtime Canadian baseball coach, he's also a scout based in Bedford, Nova Scotia. He started a GoFundMe page for that town's ballpark. We're going to do him a solid. We're going to get him on. We're going to let him give us some details, and uh, we'll put a link up to it as well uh, on the TV screen. And uh, we will also go to the back leg line at 416-413-3959. It's Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet. All right, the back leg line is open. It's always open. It never closes. 416-413-3959. It's your chance to uh, ask questions of or criticize Kevin. And um, I provide the uh, translation when we're, uh, when we're finished with it. Uh, there's no Blue Jays baseball tonight, but uh, you can catch the Cleveland Guardians and the Chicago White Sox. On the network, get some nailer action going, absolutely, and that's Metz as well.
1: Um, that's must watch. Don't be saying that? <laughs> Thanks. That was Barker that said that, by the way. Any
0: executives who are listening, that was Barker say, that said that. I, I didn't say it. I said
1: it's must watch.
0: <laughs> that was the, that was the guy from Virginia that said it, not the not uh, yeah, the, I think not the guy the from difference. Manitoba.
1: They could tell the difference, probably. Okay.
0: Anyhow, uh,
1: we'll go to the back leg What's line in a few you? minutes. Not nothing.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, if you've watched the news lately, you uh, will know that uh, our friends in uh, the Maritimes have been absolutely belted by uh, rain, um, there are lots of flooding um there unfortunately have been lives lost as a result of the flooding and as kevin and i said uh just before the break i mean this is july going into august if you have ever spent any time in a small town in canada this is baseball season and as someone who grew up in a small town you know used to go out you watch the kids play you also go out and watch the local senior team play and, and and the ballpark is a gathering area. Um, obviously, because of the rains, uh, a lot of communities are facing uh, challenges today. And, uh, well, I, I read about uh, our next guest. Uh, actually, one of the few times I'm going to say that Twitter did me any good. Uh, Ken Lanahan is a longtime Canadian baseball coach and uh, scout. And actually, I saw on Twitter that Ken had started a GoFundMe page uh, for the community of Bedford nova scotia we 're very pleased to be joined by Ken Lenehan Ken, thanks for taking time out of your day to to join us today. Just tell us a little bit about um what you folks are looking at in terms of getting that that field up and running again and you know just in general because we see we see it on the news mm-hmm. and the town I grew up in in Manitoba we used to get flooding all the time, so I have a little bit of an idea what it 's like to come home and find water in your basement but it just Man, it seems like this is just next level in uh, in Nova Scotia.
3: Yeah. So uh, thanks, Jeff and Kevin, too, for uh, giving some time and reaching out. I really appreciate it. Uh, next level is yeah, an understatement. The uh, uh, Joan and Robert Lenahan Fields, that uh, also known as Range Park, are, are they're on a floodplain, so. Certainly, we've had some flooding in the past uh, over a number of years, but never to this extent. Um, So never in in my lifetime, and and I've grown up in Bedford, uh, so played my minor baseball in Bedford and, and yes, seen some flooding, but never to this degree where it was uh, over the fences, so that's a good 8 feet over uh getting up and uh certainly uh you know taking uh we have a canteen and storage area equipment building uh right up to almost roof level so a lot of a lot of devastation uh and destruction in on that particular uh facilities
0: and of course flood insurance is is Flood insurance is costly to begin with, isn't it? That, and, and, and certainly uh, the minor league baseball organization, I mean, any organization would have difficult, difficulty getting that, especially, frankly, in a, I would think in a floodplain area.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, you've, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. I, we did uh, look at flood insurance, again, about pre-COVID. Um, we did find somebody that uh, would insure us it was going to be a deductible of fifty thousand dollars uh so uh, as a minor baseball association that really deals with just registrations to get our uh, funding uh fifty thousand uh, dollars the shed and and things certainly don't come to that uh you know unfortunately today We found out that the lights on one of the fields, the the box that does that, it's corroded. So, we're now going to have one field that we're not going to be able to use the lights for the rest of the year. It's just not going to happen. Which that will now create some scheduling uh, nightmares on top of it. Uh, You know, the flooding is certainly you know and devastating in its own right. This general area, the Hammonds Plains Minor Baseball, who also shares this field with. uh, the community of Bedford, um, if you recall, two months ago went through wildfires wow. and what, we never started our season on time uh, because of this, uh, the wildfires. So it's been kind of this double whammy. The start of the season delayed uh, due to the wildfires, people losing you know their homes that way. Several baseball families were uh, taken out of their homes and now. We're back to this with the flooding. Not only of the facility, but again, families that have been uh, affected uh, in their homes and lives, like you said, that have been lost in this uh, situation. It's it's so devastating and uh, really, really sad.
1: Ken, have you talked to the children about this? The mentally, how they handled this? Have you had talks? Uh, how how are they handling all this?
3: So with. Some of them, uh, Kevin. We uh, we have like we've we've been able to play away games. Um, you know, I, I, the thing I've learned over the last number of years with COVID, the wildfires, just life in general. Children are resilient. <laughs> they really yeah. are. They, uh, you know, they're resilient and find ways to work through this better than I think even some of us adults. Right, that have gone there. So. Uh, you know, disappointed. Another delay. We've had a lot of rain this summer, as it is. Just even before all this. So, but you know what? They they once they get back uh, out on the fields, wherever that may be, playing and practicing. You know, the smiles on their face says it all. Like they just uh, they they just want to be out there. Like Jeff said earlier, like th- this is baseball season, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and uh, that's what. That's what they know. That's what they love, and that's what they want to do.
0: Ken, can you give us uh, if folks do want to reach out and help? Uh, I think you have started a GoFundMe page. If I'm correct,
3: uh, yes, we have. There's the uh, like the Bedford Hammonds Plains GoFundMe page. Uh, you know, we have been able to get and in, now into our facility saw that uh, you know some of the when we some of the members started that on my behalf, uh, and uh, you know we've certainly. Uh, now that we've gone in, seeing that some of the damage is not as extensive as we thought. I, if you were to see pictures of the field today, the outfield is a little brown from the residue. But the infield, they've been down groomed and starting to get ready to uh, hopefully prepare for uh you know, next week we still need some drying conditions. So we're now expecting more rain this evening. So I guess we'll see what happens there. But, uh, so there is a GoFundMe page there, uh, Bedford Hammonds, Plains, uh, baseball.
0: Ken, really good of you to do this. Thanks so much, my friend. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully I was going to say the weather cooperates, but hopefully the kids get a season in and, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you get this thing. Hopefully you get this thing turned around.
1: Good luck, Ken.
3: Super. Yeah, th- thanks again, Jeff and Kevin. Really appreciate you uh, bringing me on. It's uh, it's tremendous. Thanks again.
0: Thank you. That is Ken Lanahan, longtime Canadian baseball coach and scout. And it is the Bedford Hammonds plane <clears throat> GoFundMe page. If you're and and I mean, I'll gu- I can guarantee you there'll be a ton of communities out there that'll be looking uh, that'll be trying to piece things back together again. And um, you know, like I said, you grew up in a small town, the the ball field was. The ball field was where all the good hockey players went in the summer, to be honest. Yeah. And it was a real meeting place for the community. And if you've lived in a small town, you know how important some of the weekend tournaments are, not just baseball, but uh, softball and, 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 and slow pitch and fastball as well. So if you're so inclined, uh, give, uh, give Ken and his folks uh, a little shout. 416-413-3959 um, is the back leg line. John in North York, you've got questions for Mr.
3: Barker. What's the point of these guys watching so much video if they still swing at a pitch they can't hit? I don't get it. Millions of khakis, but they still swing at the wrong pitch. Explain it to me.
0: Uh, You know, you've really started something with the... We should get shirts made up. (laughs) (laughs) We should get shirts made up. I'm not going to say who, but I did tell you the story that... Uh one member of the Jays front office who shall remain nameless came up to me in the uh press dining room one day, tapped me in the shoulder and said, See? I looked down and I'm like, what? Jeans, not khakis. <laughs> and I thought, all right, Barker's hidden something here. I'll pass it over to you. Uh, yeah,
1: look, I don't know the answer to that. I, I've never been a part of of having a plan. I I I was if I was overthinking it, I was out. Like, it, it was real simple for me. I was one of the people that had to look fastball right down the middle mm-hmm. until I got to two strikes, and then I would stand on my head to try and put a ball in play. That that was basically the approach. These guys, you can tell what their approach is basically after the first pitch. Like, you you can tell when they're married to something how they're going to go about their at-bat. Case in point, I, because I'm glad
0: john brought this up because we had and, and somebody actually sent me a uh, sent me a, a dm about this today a conversation we had on blue jays talk yesterday fifth inning uh fifth inning about mm-hmm. but it was about whit merrifield yeah and striking out on three pitches yep. they're out of the zone yeah yeah and the one he struck out on even if you hit it you're not doing any damage with it nope. three pitch strikeout with the bases loaded Two innings later, his next at bat. Well, walk us through what he does again. Two on this time.
1: You know, no, yeah, well, he. That's when he got the. Sometimes you got to be lucky. Obviously, that runner's in scoring position. Thanks a lot of luck, right? you the game plan. He's his nickname. I, I said this to you, and you laughed at me. His name is Two Hit wit for a reason. I'm not saying all the time, but some of the time, I agree. You have to be a good educated guesser, like. Nowadays, because there is no fastball counts, there is not. They'll throw you a 3-0 breaking ball at the bases loaded. We've sure. seen it. Like, it's a fact. There, there's no debating that. Chris Bassett. You, you can't go up all the time and look fastball. I could because I wasn't good enough hitting the breaking ball. That was the only chance I had of staying in the big leagues. I knew it, and I knew I was married to it. When your nickname is two-hit, we had occasionally, like the fifth inning, you're sit and spin, you could tell he's sitting it soon as he saw it out of the hand of Gonsolin. He's swinging at it. That's consistently what we've seen too much of. It's like Vladdy in the third inning, which was first and second. Mm-hmm. He's overthinking it, taking the two fastballs right down the middle. Obviously he's sitting spin. And instead of going, I'm looking fastball right down the middle because I got this dude on the ropes early and I can't hit his slider and his split finger anyway. So why am I looking for it? those are the kind of things that i think consistently to everybody's point that ever calls into this show jays talk after the game it's just consistently the approaches that they have just don't make any sense like it's basically it's not working it doesn't take a smart person to change the stat to make it seem like you're the greatest hitter to ever walk because that's basically what they're trying to do to raise confidence. When all I need to tell you is you're one of the worst teams in baseball hitting with runners in scoring position. So what you're talking and planning is not working. Let's try and change it up because you're a really good hitter. It's just in those situations, for whatever reason, you're not, Sort of meshing the two together, which is the plan and the consistency of being a good hitter. Change it up, adapt, overcome, which is for whatever reason what they're not consistently doing. So yeah, it's frustrating. The iPad, look, I'd get used to that. Until Major League Baseball tells people they're in they're not they can't use it. Everybody, anymore I mean they it, need it. Look, like you can tell that they have to see are, it. They have to vi- have it. Kids have are
0: it. visual learners. Players are but not just kids, that's wrong. Players have become visual learners. Well, they're learners.
1: grown ups. So the, obviously, you know the Chapman's of the world. They're still, kids that, to me that ground out on a on a fastball that he thinks he should hammer yeah. has to run over there and flip through it, which is okay. Like it's, I think as long as he thinks that's working, and for me, don't abuse it. Like trust what you're doing off the field. You're a good player. You're a good hitter. Trust that. Hit trust that. And Matt Chapman and whoever else wants to run over there and use the iPad consistently every time he gets out or rolls over. Swings at a pitch because he's – it's like the George Springer thing. Early in the season, for me anyway, he guesses a lot. Because he has great bat-to-ball skills, and early in the season, you know, he's getting a little older. Later the season goes, the hotter it gets, the bat gets slower. Early in the season, because his bat speed's there, when he's sitting and spin, he tends to swing at it wherever it's at. And because he has talent, he can put that ball in play. That's sort of, I think, the frustration that fans have and guys that watch the Blue Jays consistently and think, man, if you just laid off that one. give You know what you do in 2023? Give them a chance to mess up. If you don't, you're not going to have consistent success. That, I think, is the difference between a great offensive team and not a such great offensive team. Jim and Hamilton. I love Jim. Kevin, as a player,
3: I'm just how much does it matter when you go to the West Coast or from the West Coast to the East Coast? And if that plays a factor, apparently based upon the Jays' record in Seattle, it does have an effect. Should the days off in a season calendar always be timed with going East Coast to West Coast or West Coast to East? et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. Love to hear your thoughts and opinion. Have a good day.
1: Thanks, Jim, for the call. Uh, see, I, whenever I did that in the big leagues, did, it bothered me zero. I have heard players say when you're in Denver and it's mile high, yeah. going from there to the East Coast and back is very tough. Like you have to physically, routine-wise, figure out something to – to get past the altitude, like it's a thing. Consistently, your body just can't take that. And and for, I've never tried to do it, but I have heard that, that players have tried to and figured out ways to try and be better at that and just get more sleep and, and adjust what they're doing physically to be the best player between the lines they can possibly be. Here's what I think about. <laughs> this is just my opinion. Going from West Coast, East Coast, East Coast, West Coast. I think it's an excuse that they're. It's very easy to go to. That's what I think. I don't think the players do it enough that it would bother them. And it ain't like they're riding a the bus there. They're flying five star planes and eating lobster and filet mignon. I've been on them. I know what they eat. And they drink whatever they want to drink. Well, not. And then they go no to five star. They go to absolutely. They go. They. Something's got to wash that steak down. Yeah, but it's they got it. They got to go. They, they, they live. Stuff. They stay in five star hotels. This is my opinion. Now I'm sure every player would probably have a different opinion. Depends on who you talk to. Seattle, that thing. They have really good pitching that knows how to get the Jays lineup out. That for me is the deal when they go to Seattle. And maybe the expectations are because all the fans that you know usually don't come to Jays games are there now and the you know the trying too hard which just sometimes amazes me because the talent and the experience you shouldn't try too hard now you should know how to you know level that out and just be the best player you can possibly be and not let the booing bother you or the cheering and all those things so sort of a long-winded answer Jim to your question is unless you play in Denver that's where your home games are at I don't I don't I think it's an excuse i mean a lot of times
0: you'll see the if if the day before a West Coast trip isn't an off day, it is a day where the team will have an early start. So they'll be in the air, you know, probably by 7 Eastern time. Um, part of the issue is when you, you know, when you put the schedule together, you can't ensure that everybody who flies from the East Coast to the West Coast gets a full off day. Mm. Um, I mean, you just, you just can't, but, there are some and there's also frankly there are also guidelines of how many days in a row uh a team can play. That's part of the collective bargaining agreement. There have to be a certain number of off days. Uh you can only play a certain number of days in a row. So there's a bunch of things, bunch of factors that go into this. But I know generally if if there is a West Coast trip coming up, a lot of times teams in the East Coast will have they'll have a one oh seven start or something like that. Travel day. Uh to to, to, to get in the air. But um It's weird because, listen, I've been on – when we used to cover the Expos, we used to fly in the charter. I've been in charters where the Expos would go on the West Coast and just kick the stuffing out of other teams. I've been in charters where they'd go to the West Coast and they'd be awful. And the one thing I always seem to remember, when they were really good, they went out and pitched really well. (laughs) Yeah. Like, seriously, they went out and pitched. Mm -hmm. And this is – I think one of the things where good pitching really does overcome things is when you go out on the West Coast. And what you'll also see sometimes is if teams will send the next day's starter out early to the West Coast. So get yourself acclimated.
1: We get out there and get it going. They're trying to tell you it's a big thing.
0: Tomorrow, John Schneider joins us. Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The Fan of the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet.